Hello Legends, welcome to the 10th episode of Does It Hurt When You Do That, Don't Do That, the podcast where I talk to interesting people about the things they do and don't do that hurt. And I'll tell you what, 10 episodes, wow, it is really cool that you're here and that I'm here and we've made it this far and definitely something to celebrate. And what a way to celebrate them with this guest who essentially is a example of how this podcast came about. Basically, I met this guest, Dr. Sheila Nguyen, when I was at a cafe and we were just having a chin wag. Actually, I was having a really down day and kind of went to this cafe because I was like oh I just want some alone time I just want to go and get a chai and read my book and then somehow I well I'm fine about this but I have the type of apparently I've been told I've got very friendly eyes and I have strangers talking to me all the time that and I genuinely love to chat to people so I look over at this woman we're sitting across like a coffee bar together and we kind of make eye contact and I think she complimented me on my jersey or something and then I asked her how she was going and then we kind of ended up talking and basically decided to write off the rest of our day because we were feeling straddled between what we should be doing and what we genuinely wanted to do you know we were I think it was between lockdowns and we were kind of bonding over the I guess the inertia that you feel when you come out and then she was like oh you know you're really interesting what do you do and I was like oh you know I'm a performer and I'm at university and and I'm like what do you do and she's like just mentions off the hand like oh I run an NGO you know and then we're laughing and we even clink our coffee cups like we're cheersing so merrily and then she's like oh my goodness JJ this is such a great conversation it's really nice to chat to you and I was like well I'm glad you think so because I was wondering if you might like to actually be a guest on my podcast and at that point I still didn't even really know if I was going to make this happen and at the time in my uncertainty I was like you know what stuff it why don't I just tell this stranger about my idea of a podcast because I feel like my friends will always validate well not always I've got some pretty scathing friends shout out to you scathing friends I thought why not I'll explain this podcast to this woman Sheila who's super bubbly super cool she said she runs an NGO I reckon she probably knows what's what well she said yeah for sure oh my gosh of course you're starting a podcast and I don't know it was it was really nice and a total testament to uh, just when you kind of show up with what you've got and and meet someone I guess as authentically as you can be without any pretenses I didn't know that she is rated the top 100 women of influence by the Australian Financial Review I didn't know that she has a PhD I didn't know all this awesome stuff about her we just kind of met and so in this chat we kind of gush over each other a little bit like we're kind of fangirling each other and I don't know, there's a part of me that's like, oh, what is that about? But also, and I'm going to probably do another episode about this, I am learning, especially for women, 
it's so important as humans that we really hold each other up. And that's what we're doing in this episode. So Sheila's talking about how we met. She's talking about being true to herself and what that really means beyond the cliche. She shares with me her experience as someone, uh, she's American but of Vietnamese descent, of the xenophobia that she's experienced because of COVID. We talk about how to see our pain as growth, respect the pain, also known as hashtag RTP. We laugh a lot and also we talk about some heavier things and we kind of bond with the fact that that's kind of what we need to do in some ways to be in the dark and for her as someone who her company she's the CEO of Sports Environment Alliance which is a non-profit organization that's uses the much loved culture of sport to raise awareness share knowledge and support action to protect the planet so she's convincing people I guess in a realm that might not necessarily be associated with you know the typical greenie life how important it is because if we don't have a planet, we don't have anywhere to play. We also talk about on the topic of the environment, we talk about how my auntie won a golden rubbish bin because she was the best recycler. So amongst all of that, my legends, I'm so stoked to have you here. BTW, I've got some real special effect in there. Uh, it makes my microphone sound like a vinyl record. I think it was pre, it was it was real early days of the podcast, but um, it doesn't get in the way of the great content because Sheila does most of the talking and you're not going to notice. And so thank you so much for all of your support, as you can hear by the fact that I'm talking at a million miles an hour. I'm so stoked that we've made it to 10 episodes. I might actually take a little bit of a break um, for a bit because it's starting to get pretty crunchy in my life with assignments. I'm having to write about what truth is and all that sort of thing at the moment and I haven't touched my guitar for weeks. But this has really got me juiced up and excited to be here and chasing all of this because I really appreciate all of your support. But yeah, I was thinking to myself, like, does it hurt when you do that? Don't do that. I know, don't cook yourself because you're doing a passion project <laughs> that requires a lot more editing time than what you expected. So I might have a couple of, uh, a week or so, maybe a bit more off. I've got a whole bunch more interviews in the bank. So hang out, make sure you follow so that you know what's coming up. Also, if you're like, oh my goodness, I miss the sound of your voice. Um, you can listen through the backlog or I will do another one, no doubt. So I hope that this finds you feeling great, inspired to talk to strangers and really make those great connections as I leave you with the change maker, the visionary, the absolute bubble of a human being that is Sheila Nguyen. We have well and truly got the ball rolling. So you're my guest today. (laughs) Who are you? Who am I? I ask myself that question every day. Who am I? I'm Sheila. I'm Sheila Nguyen. 
uh, or wing, if you want to say it proper, Vietnamese. How do you say it? Yes, that's how you say it. Wing. Yeah, like a bird's wing. This is how I try to explain it to my friends is if you want to say it proper Vietnamese, it's like a bird's wing, but elongated. So wing with a kind of like wing. dip in it. Oh, go girl. That's right. <laughs> Sheila wing. And uh, I am American, living in Australia, uh, and, and now Australian. And I've had the privilege to bump into you in a cafe, and now I'm here. What more would you like to know, JJ? Well, it's a question that I open with with my guests because I think it's very <laughs> interesting, you know. Who am I? You say that you ask yourself every day. Mm. So does that mean that there's a different answer every day? Yeah, that's a good question. No, you know what? My dad is like a, he's like a probably formerly a Buddhist monk in his previous life. And he talks to me in, in like Yoda language. So sometimes he says things like that, but like much more not straightforward, I would say. So he'd say, Sheila, every day is my birthday. I'm like, yeah, oh yeah, right, tell me more. You're reborn every day. We could be someone different every day. And so that's stuck in my head, you know, like to think, well, you could, you know, you can make different choices every day, every minute, every second. So who are you? But there are obviously some core things like that make me who I am. And uh, I guess... For me, I um, someone who grew up in an urban space um, and constantly looking for ways to reconnect to our natural world because I think having not had it as I was growing up, it makes you almost seek it out more. Um, and it's a real privilege, I think, to live in Australia because, you know, and especially where I live in the eastern suburbs at the moment, a lot of green space so I can do that more but I think that that's me at the core someone who grew up as a city rat but is seeking to be a country mouse <laughs> is that right or forest forest it's, rodent maybe some other animal I think a country mouse is really sweet you know a country mouse doesn't need to come in your house it just kind of roams around the outside it's got enough food in the in the wild, yeah. so you know, I think a country mouse is a good way to be. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, JJ. I need your validation <laughs> on that. I'm imagining like the mice that Snow White has as like friends of hers. You know, that just like come and oh, see, yeah, singing, dancing around her while yeah, she's yeah. singing. All right. Cool. I can imagine that. Okay. And if I was to say to you, does it hurt when you do that? Don't do that. What would the vet be? What is something that you do that, you know, kind of hurts? Kind of hurts. Oh, where can I begin? <laughs> um, I think, I think not being, you know, this sounds very cliche, but forgetting, forgetting to be true to yourself. It's easy in life to want to please people and to constantly seek out how do I, support and to connect and to help other people um, but at that same time it hurts myself in some ways when I forget myself in that action or in that conversation or in that thought so I think that that's something that really hurts me and has hurt me a lot over over my life less so recently as you know you get up you get older and you sort of you feel more secure and you like you know you're a bit more 
And then that allows you and it gives you that sense of freedom that you can say, hey, you know, I don't care that I'm um, wearing pajamas in the street <laughs> during lockdown. I don't care. <laughs> Who are these people? They're not going to care about what I'm doing. Uh, and if they do, it doesn't matter. Um, but as long as I'm, I'm in that conversation. So I think that's what hurts, not not remembering me in that conversation. So I think, you know, you opening up who are you is a good question to follow or to start and then follow. Thank you. I'm glad that you found it that way. <laughs> For someone <laughs> who has very little planning of this kind of thing, I'm really glad that I was able to get a good response. I mean, You're and funny. that's, you know, that's why I got you on here because um, we met across a, across a counter and had a deep dive. Yeah. And, and I think, so that's so interesting to hear someone who it's great because I met you and then I Googled you and I was like, holy smokes, she's got a PhD and you've been rated the top 100 women of influence by the Australian <laughs> Financial Review. And I love that it's like, a, that I, you know, we met as two people. And, but then to hear yeah. what you were saying about that it hurts when you don't stay true to yourself and when you're worrying about what other people think and that prohibits you from the freedom mm. of connection. I'm wondering, mm. what are your like anchor points or do you have anything that grounds you and reminds you to stay true or even little phrases or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, I love that. One, one to your comment, like I felt the same way about you. I was like, this JJ, she's like stage, like celebrity. And I, I, I met her just randomly because she's wearing this, cool sparkly sweater that caught my eye and her face matched that sparkle and joy you know and then she was named Joanna Joy which I thought was just crazy the whole that morning to me was like I was floating on clouds just walking around as if I were like you said Cinderella just la 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 was it Cinderella you can be yeah, whichever one you want <laughs> whatever one of those princesses with the country mice hanging around I loved that I thought that was so brilliant the way we met and I think people I know this is a departure from your question but I think more people need to meet that way you know we I, I feel like we've lost that sense of connection and ability to like you said freedom to talk to people just as human to human I think that's one of the things I actually really miss about living in America back in the day not today necessarily and as well, early days when I first moved here in Australia, is that people would say hello. Like, I think people were a bit weirded out when I said hello to them on the street here in Australia, because I think people weren't used to that. But, you know, I, I think that people from the country or people in Australia, um, they had that sense too. In America, it was very pervasive, you know, this idea of you, you would say hello to strangers, you walk by them and you say hello, good morning, good afternoon. And that's just culture you know and I and we nowadays because of and I said this to you when we met that we have like you know our masks on and it's hard to connect with people and you would think wouldn't it force you to connect even more because all you can see is are the eyes but instead people put their head down not everybody but you know a lot of people uh, but anyway, uh, going back to your question, what was the question? <laughs> it's okay, we're going everywhere because there was one aspect that you briefly touched upon that I, it kind of stuck with me and about people meeting and talking to each other. And you said you felt like as someone of Vietnamese descent, you'd experience 
xenophobia and kind of like people not oh, wanting to yeah. acknowledge you. And oh, so we will yeah. get back to the question. I think I remember yeah, yeah. it. If we don't, that's fine. <laughs> we'll okay. still have something interesting. Would you be able to talk about what that feels like and what that's like? Yeah, what does it feel like? That's a very deep, deep question, JJ. Like, how does it feel to ex- – it's like many-fold, but I think twofold in the first instance is um, you feel upset in the instance that, like, oh, I'm, I'm human, I'm not in it, like some sort of diseased individual because I, I represent um, a particular – ethnicity um, that has been through media connected and linked to the origins of COVID. So that's that's the first part you sort of feel hurt. But then you feel even more hurt, me personally, and this goes back to your question of like what hurts, is that I accept that. And that's not true to me. You know, true to me is to speak on behalf of the powerless or speak when things are un- in unjust. I know you weigh up the kind of pros and cons in that instance. Like you don't want to sort of rise to every action and be like, what do you think I'm diseased? You know, you don't go to that extent every single time. But I think there, I think there needs to be an outlet for me where I can transmute or um, transfer that feeling of guilt of not having stood up or, or clarified or addressed the injustice around that. That is deeper than just the, the fact that people move away from me or make comments like, or oh, your disease go back to where you come from. And that's only happened just in the last couple of weeks. You know, it's not like it's, you know, months or years ago. So I think, and it's throughout my whole life, you know, and I, I've always, when you ask that question, who am I? And I'm always every day thinking about it, um, is that I've uh, been trying to understand the, the relationship between being ethnically different from um, the, the, the mainstream culture or the hegemony of that, of that particular place. So I've been doing a lot of research, you know, like reading a lot and trying to understand and, and connect with that. But yeah, in terms of feeling, because that's different than thinking, the feelings are of, of, you know, disappointment in the first instance and even more disappointment in the second instance. But I think I'll try to figure out a solution. After this, we'll figure it out. I think, yeah, you and me, JJ, we got we got brains, two brains. We'll figure it out. It really sucks that you feel like you have to change it, though, you know, and that it's causing you pain and you guilt. I am very fortunate that I have seldom been in a position where I am treated as a minority and unable to stand up for myself you know okay if we go back to the story that I had about when I was slightly disabled because I couldn't talk that it's your responsibility and and that then you feel bad about it because it takes a lot of strength and power to be able to stand up in a situation like that and looking after oneself safety I think is probably the most important so if I could come and get a little sponge and wash away that guilt for you I definitely would (laughs) <laughs> thanks jj oh we're gonna yeah, be friends gonna for be a friends long, for a long, 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 long time. time already <laughs> um you know what that's a really good point jj like i totally feel you and when you were saying that i was like nodding my head because i get it i totally agree with you and that is an injustice in itself you know the fact that the 
one who has the least powerful voice has to exert and find and uh, scrape for power to change the way the people who do have power think about the world around them and the people who live in that world with them. And, and it was so fascinating that you said that because there was this conversation we had with someone, and I can't name this person, but someone who works with refugees. And, you know, the question that was asked was, what can we do, you know, to help the efforts? And, you know, the, this person kind of covered a number of like the travesties and the tragedies that are happening around the world for those people who are stateless and those people who are refugees seeking for safety. And the response was, you know, people like you who um, can speak on their behalf. But it's like, why, again, the onus is back on people like me, you know, versus people like, you know, who are in big, strong political positions or those who can, who already have the, like you said, privileges that enable them to quickly scale change or change in behavior, change in thought, ideas, attitudes. I'm a realist and an optimist. And the optimist is things can change. The reality is um, if we want it to change, I have to participate actively and not wait for it to be solved. Uh, and so I realize I live in this system and I need to figure out how to navigate that and leverage and push and pull, however, to make sure that, like I said, the powerless are heard or acknowledged or thought of, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm so glad you said that. For someone who was saying, oh, it hurts when I'm not true to myself, this is why we're doing a podcast because you can just listen to that last 10 seconds back and be like, oh my goodness, I am a boss. <laughs> I, you know you're, that you're seeing that you're seeing that power and you're seeing that responsibility and recognizing that it's not going to be easy nah. for you you know but the 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 space is there and yeah I want to I want to you can make as much noise as you like about it far out I've got a loud voice you can tell me what to say and I'll say it too I love you I you know what thank you and I will I actually will JJ like at some point, we'll have that conversation on the side because I think you have a platform and you speak to so many people. I'd love you to carry a voice and a torch for all sorts of different issues, but ones that resonate best with you, you know, ones that you can carry. Because, of course, like all of us can't be everything for everyone and speak on every issue because it dilutes that message. Um, but I think if you if there's something that does kind of, you know, tickle your fancy, then I'd love to kind of see where that goes. Um, and I just remember the question you asked me about what are like some mantras or some things that ground you or anchor you. I'm going to take the clip. You give me that clip, the 10 second one, <laughs> and I'll use that because uh, that just puts me, it puts it on my to-do list again um, of things that I should, I, I not should, I would love to, I have the opportunity. What was it that we said? We, it wasn't whether, you, whether you want to, or you can, or you need to. So what was it that we, it was the could. could. Yeah. yeah, we could, I could um, develop some anchors. I think that that's, but I feel almost like people like you are my anchors in a sense, you know, because you ask good questions and you're curious and that gives me the opportunity sort of like share, yeah, share that purpose or share that sense of who I am. 
not in an ego driven way, but more like a, Hey, you know, like, let's do this together. How do we do this? Like, I'm telling you now, and then you look like you look like you're interested. Like, I like, how are we going to, you know, address this problem or this solution, create a solution. Thank you. Be my anchor, JJ. <laughs> yeah, hopefully not one that's going to sink the ship. <laughs> it's great because we can do like that's what I really want is we can do all of this whilst also having a great time, you know. And and because for me this week I have been immersing myself in a bunch of different podcasts and learnings and things which have had a lot of anti-racist anti-fat shaming kind of things in them which has been great but then there's a part of me that's like oh I think I need to have a little bit of a laugh now and remember when I met you I met you and we, we, we were like whoa this conversation's really deep I was like we can talk about lip gloss if you want to it's okay we can we can do both and they can all coexist because sometimes we need to just swim out of the depths for a while and like have a little look around to what else is on the surface and then dive back down again once our lip gloss yeah no i mean that's the flex and the flex between especially for us like i think we're we're very similar in the sense that we're able to kind of move between the spectrum of the feelings the conversations the the like energy that that's important you know because um it's like the the light the light is your rest it's like the what's it called uh, i know we're sort of bouncing around but like yin and yang where there's like a little spot of light and dark and there's a little spot of dark and light and that's that that's what is like that's so that blew my mind by the way jj i just i'm just learning stuff like when i talk i actually learn from i'm like whoa that sheila from like two seconds ago who's just talking is way smarter than the one i am right now but no, I, just, it, I just was really wise I no, was like, it, <laughs> no, no i'm gonna blow your mind so over the last few weeks i've been taking a course it's um it's like uh, this Harvard class on uh, sustainable business strategy. I have to say that because it sounds so wanky otherwise. But in that, there's this main concept of the wheel of change. And the wheel of change is like, it basically is like a weighted wheel, right? Like there's components that sort of keep it going. I think that's the yin and yang, isn't it? It's like the light and the dark sort of is that extra weight that keeps it going, like in harmony. That's That's why we can keep moving. Like the JJ wheel, the Sheila wheel is like, it requires a little bit of a weight to keep the momentum going. Because if we sit too heavy in one area, I think both of you, you like are at it. I don't know. I can't speak for you on your behalf. But when I was younger, I was very prone to depression. Um, and it's just because I was so weighted in focusing on that dark piece. And then I could be really like high and like, you know, and not, not give myself the rest, you know, and I would burn myself out. And so the, the point is, is sort of bringing that wheel together. And that wheel of change, the one that like I was referencing, is all about purpose-driven work, you know, like, and I think that mirrors that, like, in order for people who have a purpose or an intent to survive, is that it equates to that wheel of change. For me in the past, I wasn't able to probably sit in the dark very much I would mostly just want to be in the light mm. and as we've been doing we, we've been you know we've been um mixing it up <laughs> What's the ice cream yanging. Like, we've been yin yanging yin um, <laughs> we've been hanging in the yin yang that's, um, so funny. that's the that's the hashtag for this yin yang <laughs> And well, because I worry though that 
uh, I might invalidate things by bringing too much yang in, by bringing too much fun and, to, and joy into something that it then takes away from the gravity and the seriousness. And I really like what you said. Maybe it's just because we're, uh, we're girl crushing on each other. It's like a little confirmation bias <laughs> is that by having it round and that the weight kind of goes in each direction, that is, I guess, a way to make change. We studied that if you had a scale of how similar someone was to you, if they've got an idea that's different, if they only sit a couple of degrees towards different on the scale, they're more likely to listen to you So and change. So, for example, like say, and I'll be really curious what you, you, you probably know more about this than me in terms of like environment and sustainability. So say someone is like works in a corporate job, earns a lot of money, is quite detached from nature. And then suddenly they want, they're needing to maybe change their life and reduce their plastic or fuel emissions or whatever, change their bank and things like that. For that message to be the most effective for them, it probably wouldn't be the stereotypical greenie who dumps the dives for food and all that sort of thing. And I love that, you know, rides a bike and because that's really far away from who they are. They can't see themselves being like that. But if the person looks similar to them, maybe has a similar job, but has great Tupperware, um, then they're more likely maybe to take that message on. And so in terms of people who are able to bring light into the dark, important things and make it approachable, um, for me, that's maybe going to have more effect. It's really interesting because, uh, yes, that you are right, JJ, like that, that, that's obviously, that's science, social science says. And, um, and on the topic of environment, just like from the work that I do, one of the things that um, uh, we talked about, like seeing the reality and optimism. So the optimism is like my tree hugging hippie, you know, like I'd like to wear a potato sack and live on an island. I don't care, you know, about things per se. And then I and then I have to wear like the corporate gear. When I talk to certain demographics, it's like to be able to connect with them or them connect with me. And also the language too, you know, the language is quite important about that because I see this all the time. I see this all the time when I see uh, the spectrum of those working in, in planetary work, those who are in that le- like far far left wing activist that that group they're like we don't understand we don't understand why say our group who i work with is sport like, why don't they do more or why aren't they doing this and the conversations they have it's like two very different languages they speak and it's like no one hears that other person just like you said you know like the resin it will not resonate with them they will not listen to it they will or less likely to um, be influenced by what they're saying. And so, yeah, 100%, like getting closer to the way that they look and how to, to get them to feel connected to what you're saying. They'll be more open to that. And I'll say something about the light and the dark in a minute, but like as well proximity, like which is really crazy. There's another study that shows that if you knew what your neighbor was doing in terms of waste, like you're talking about waste, you are more likely to try to compete with that person or be like that person. So like, oh, that person's recycling like, you know, less or more than I am. Like, I'm going to start trying to do more to either match them or exceed. And that's because they probably by proximity, people who live near each other 
maybe are similar to each other because they choose the same area of like where they live. And so that, that totally kind of echoes what you're saying. But that light and dark piece, we spend a lot of time in like my work world talking about the light, like in the light, as opposed to in the dark, because there's too many people speaking in the dark. And that's very important. That, in, that sort of weights the wheel of change, you know, the need to have that voice and still have that, mom, that the weight of that. But also you need the momentum of the light and like success stories and what things are people doing? What's the leadership? What's the celebration? What's, you know, what's cool? What's innovative? Like what's happening, you know, on the edge of things to make people feel excited about a topic that sometimes people feel oftentimes very challenged by or judged by, you know, and no one wants to feel judged. That's it. <laughs> Um, I was laughing because, um, well, I was smiling, sorry, because when you were talking about like what your neighbor does in terms of recycling. So my auntie, I've got this, my auntie, um, she lives in Christchurch. Now all my family's going to know who I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> my auntie is, we've got hoarding in my family. She got awarded the golden bin for being the best recycler in like the whole town. It's like claim to fame, golden bin winner. <laughs> and I was just imagining, yeah, my neighbors need to know what how much recycling I'm doing. Wow, that is so crazy. So like is um is that an annual award? Or is that like you get it and you get it for life? Like that bin is yours forever. Yeah, I don't know actually, because it would be weird if you had to like give up the bin. Would I wouldn't want to be giving up my bin if I got awarded the golden bin. I'd be holding it. <laughs> it's, like, it's like an Oscar. But the thing is, like, if you don't perform well after that, like, no one's going to take your Oscar away. But, like, in recycling, eh, like, you know, I think that's a bit questionable. Wouldn't you want to take it away? Because it'd look weird if she filled the golden recycling bin with trash. You know, that yeah. just wouldn't look very good. That's true. I know that in some neighborhoods, I think in New Zealand, you get a sticker on your bin if your recycling is sorted correctly. So what a great incentive. I just love that. Like a sticker can go so far. Like, isn't it amazing? That's the way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Are you ready for the next question? Yeah. Hit me. <laughs> um, segwaying between questions is always awkward, but I think we've kind of come to a little, a little uh, breathing point. So yes, we can take a breath please. and be ready for the next question. I'm in the, uh, the JJ Podcast Olympics here. Just stretch no, out. Play the Rocky song in the background. Three, two, one. Um, it's great because it's nice not to be linear about these sorts of things. No, so, never, life, yeah. life's not linear. Oh, you're funny. Okay, so the question is, if I was to say to you, does it hurt when you do that, do that, what is something that might be a bit painful of some kind that you do so yeah. it could be like a habitual thing or it could be a mental thing or um you could even go anywhere anywhere i mean there's so many where's that i could go <laughs> uh i try I, it's not that life is actually can i say on that point i might depart a little bit from what your question is but um a little bit of pain is very good for you. Uh, you know, they always talk about growth coming from pain. Eh, not all pain, but some pain can result in you growing as as a person. And I know just, you know, in my life, I've had lots of pain, lots of really traumatic pain. And I feel like it's made me a different person 
than I could have been or would have been. So I look at things that might cause a little bit of pain as opportunities to try something else new or learn a new skill or be more patient or whatever it is. And um, I, I guess it'd be hard to pin something that I would say, because I, I do that very often. I do it as kind of daily practice, really, is that there will always be something that's painful um, that you accept. And I guess that's maybe my answer is, you know, I, I, I won't say one example, but the fact is, is uh, the message I would like to share is probably life is is going to be there will be pain in that life but to always see that pain in a way that allows you to endure the pain in a way that's beneficial or productive or without without vain because I think you know some people um, will experience it and either ignore it experience it or then spend too much energy negatively on it and I think those two ways really take away from life, you know, your opportunity to live, live, live fully. And live fully means not like, hey, throwing dollar bills out of the car and like, you know, driving really fast one and whatever. Um, it's, it's living fully. I, I mean by that, don't allow, not allowing it to hold you back too much. You know, it's, of course, you're human, you're going to feel pain, you're going to feel sadness. And you, you acknowledging that is really important. But as well, like, in addition to acknowledging that, like, what, what can you gain from that? What, what did you learn from that? And I, I know, again, it sounds very cliche, but that's really helpful. It's a really helpful way for me to, to get past a lot of things, which is, brings me to one quote, which I've heard just recently. I thought it was so good. Again, from the course, it was so excellent. Great. She said, um, um, one of the lecturers was saying, um, there's a Buddhist saying that they say, uh, the good thing is that you're not dead. The bad thing is that, that you can't die because you're not fully living. Like, wow. It like blows your freaking mind, Can you doesn't say that it? one more time? Yeah. So the good thing is that you're not dead, but the bad thing is you can't die because you're not fully living. What? <laughs> like, what? It just, I just... That I have to like, I literally, I was walking through the CBD the other day or whatever, and I was just like, I was reciting it in my head, trying to really understand it. And it's just, it's so powerful in so many ways, you know, and you can sort of apply it in different ways. But um, the point is, is that fully, that was like kind of the emphasis, I think, for me is to like understand what does living fully mean? And I think to your point, you know, things hurt, but you'll, you know, you'll allow it to hurt because you've got to gain something from that hurt. Indeed. <laughs> Is that too deep and meaningful? No, <laughs> it's, uh, it's not. early in the morning? It's, <laughs> no, it's, it's good, you know. It's uh, nothing like waking up with some existentialism. <laughs> <laughs> You're funny. About living fully because, yeah, I mean, oh, death. <sighs> yeah, yeah, I think. How are you feeling? Are you feeling like you're living fully, JJ? Um, I think it's fluctuating. I think that I'm getting closer to living fully. I'm really fortunate that I, through pain, through experiencing the recent loss of my dad, that I got to see 
what it means to live fully. You know? When is and like JJ? At the end of March. Four months oh ago yesterday. God. And um through through seeing the way that he lived, he had cancer. And he had it for fifteen years. And so that like the way that he lived was a hundred percent fully. Really? Yeah. What's your dad's name? His name is Nick Simmons. Nicholas Anthony Simmons. Go Nick, living life. Yeah. Fully. Yeah. Throwing dollar bills out of the convertible. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he lived most of his life really frugally, but then in his last couple of years he was just like, Oh, you know, life is for living fully and then he would, you know Can't take your money when you with you, can you? He would just like go and get pies for lunch and milkshakes and have great times at cafes and everything like that. He lived a very like yeah and and but what I was saying is, like you said, the the pain of going through you know, the various stages of grief that you go through when a family member has cancer and then, you know, the, the roller coaster that that is and then the death of the parent, that is showing me, it's like a veil has been pulled away of how to live life. Oh. I still don't know how to look at it yet though. So yeah, that's yeah, why I'm seeing yeah. a psychologist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think that... The, the 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 blessings like I'm I'm someone who I, I kind of worry I guess about silver linings culture in some uh. ways. You know, we talk briefly about empathy and I sometimes worry that we devalidate things by silver lining it straight away. Mm. Instead of, you know, people Renee Brown talks about it. People go, oh, you know, my dad's just like, Oh, at least you had a great relationship with him. I know you need to sit in the the feeling. Yeah, like man, that really sucks. Yeah. However, the pain of him knowing that his—I mean, we're all going to die—but like his time on Earth was going to be—he had a terminal illness. It was going to be shorter than maybe what his life expectancy would have been. What that taught him, and what that taught us as a family, in terms of how to relate to each other how to relate to other people, what to believe in or how to believe, how to travel the world, you know, how to hold each other tightly and love fiercely. Mm. Like you said, does it hurt when you do that? Mm. Do that, you know, recognize that this has got something to teach you. Mm. And instead of denying it, because denial is sometimes easier than walking through it, Mm-hmm. You know, take it, take it on, and and take what what treasure it's got there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um actually with my psychologist, we were talking about um the depth. He was talking about like what it's like going deep within yourself and what is lying in there. You know, and, and because it's going to be hard. Like you find the stuff, and I was like coming up with this visualization of the ocean. And on the surface of the ocean, it's beautiful. You know, there's waves, there's seagulls, it's all good. And you can live there and you can appreciate that. But if you dive down deeper, it's scary. It's dark. It hurts. There's pressure in your ears. Yeah. You know, there's there's all kinds of creatures. But I hear there's beautiful creatures. And there might be treasure. You know? <laughs> and like there might be mermaids we don't even know you know they haven't know. found out how deep the ocean is mermaids could still exist dude i'm there for you. <laughs> <laughs> so i think that you're right and it, it, it's i guess 
like we talked about, the, the yin and the yang and, and finding the balance of recognizing the pain without denying it or unvalidating it, but also recognizing that it can teach us. Yeah. And it can, it does lead to change yeah. and growth. Yeah. I, I, I love your distinction about, well, first of all, thank you for sharing that with me, JJ. I know that's not an easy thing for you to share. So I appreciate that. And I'm very happy that Nick lived his life with um, milkshakes and pies for, for lunch. It sounds, sounds really yummy. As um, well as like good home cooking and fruit and playing golf and all that sort of stuff. Ooh, golf. You know, a lot of yeah, good golf yeah, yeah. in New Zealand. Um, but yeah, I, I think what you said about that, you know, um, silver lining quickly. It, it, silver lining quickly is like definitely a mechanism lots of people use to dismiss, like you said, invalidate, or, you know, it doesn't give the respect of the, the pain, you know, respect, respect the pain. I think that's probably what I'm trying to say here is that you got to acknowledge it and really fully acknowledge like, okay, this hurts and this does hurt because, and then allow, um, allow that to then teach you something, as you said. Um, but the silver lines, like, for lo- it gets dismissed too quickly, isn't it? it? Dismisses the pain, and it's always like f off. It, it's it, it's reflective of like the generational kind of you know how people talk about attention spans and like the transactional approach that we that younger people take to life. It's like oh, it's just pain, like you know, just like dismiss, dismiss, like scroll, scroll, scroll. You know, life is just like why don't you just like sit with that one post in your life and like kind of you know, imprint that because you won't full, like you said, you won't fully, you're not fully living because you're not fully feeling that either. But silver lining it just dismisses it, you know, dismisses the post. I think that's, that's really interesting in itself. I think I just came up with RTP, respect the pain. RTP. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, we've got like so many t-shirt slogans, like, you know, sustainably made t-shirt slogans, like, we gotta, we're gonna have a company. This is legit. Like, you know, yin yang in, yin yang in. Yeah, that is that must exist. I have to Google search that after that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> RTP. RTP. Yeah. Ultimately, I think you know we're we're doing the best we can with what we've got, right? So, to silver linings when because we're not taught to RTP. Yeah. I, I think that's yeah. that's also all G, I guess, you know, and and, and just hope that you're going to bump yeah. into someone or, or look for other people in your life who, who are able to teach us and show up and, and know that it's okay to show up um, with that. Yeah, RTP is like RIP, like rest in peace, respect the pain. to have something okay okay so you just talked we talked about t-shirts right so what would your slogan on a t-shirt if the world was given at birth or maybe like when everyone turns 15 they get given this t-shirt normally I say if you could put a message on a billboard or you could send a notification to people's inbox but if you were able to give people a t-shirt that said something that they wore inside out, so the message goes on the inside. What's your slogan, or what would it what would it be? What would it say? Can I use one that absolutely, like, exists absolutely. in the world? Um, 
Wow. I think I, I know this is a so overused, overused word, but I don't care because it, it is exactly what I hope people remember in everything they say and do and feel. It's respect. Respect. I, I think respect, you know, is like, and I, and I have, a, um, you know, I, I have a, in every conversation, I, I have, I have to include that, you know, uh, in some sort of form, way or tone um, as a takeaway. I, I think if I really evaluated every conversation I have in my life or had in my life and continue to have is always undertoned by this idea, like, how do we get people to think and feel and be more respectful uh, to not just to each other, but to, to our natural world. Um, and that's the, that is literally, that is literally the biggest challenge, the problem that, that undergirds everything that we talk about, you know, around um, the sustainable development goals and, you know, stateless people and climate change and greed and, it just boils down to that one word. Like, I think if people actually made choices around, in and around their life and in the work that they do with respect as a foundation, then I don't think we would have all the challenges that we have. Sticks. Thank you. Sensational. What's yours, JJ? No one's asked me that, actually. <laughs> you can't be just asking questions like you know willy-nilly not being asked yourself you can't ask questions willy-nilly yeah um oh i think that it's probably changed changes and i think that i would yeah so in this moment um i probably say so there's this um african philosophy ubuntu which means i am because you are and that is something that has um helped me a lot so for example you and i you know we've been girl crushing and, and being like but you're great you're great but you are, but you are. yeah no, we so, are we're like, amazing instead of well me i definitely in the past before i kind of thought about this philosophy would be like oh my god like I can't whoa <laughs> she's incredible and da -da -da -da, how can I talk and it's kind of like if I see that in you then that must be also in me and then similarly though wow. times in which times in which there is difficulty and despair and everything in me I for example you know have had a pretty difficult relationship with my body image so there'd be days in which I'm really ruminant about it I know you're no, like a freaking no. model. Like, give me a break. Well, you know, we all, we <laughs> all. Anyway, that's you know, right. That's your. So, the days in which I'd be really ruminant about it, I'd be like, if I am this, then you must be that on some scale at some point. If I've gone to the depths of sadness, mm. I'm not alone. That's happened before with someone else at some uh, point in their life. And uh, I guess uh, uh. to combine that with respect, you know, so if I can be respectful, then you are too. And, and like, that would be uh, great and ideal, you know. So um, I think that one, I think that that's what I would maybe, maybe have. And, or, or just peace, like, just the word peace 
Okay, well, you know, aside from podcasts and stage business life, we've got our t-shirt business to get going on the ground, right, JJ? Watch out, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to hit your stores very soon. There's this amazing new piece of clothing come out called a (laughs) t-shirt. What what no one's even done. We're going to put cool stuff on the front. (laughs) No, it's not on the the inside. Yeah, because then the message gets right to your heart. I like that. It's been an absolute joy to have you on today. Thank you so much. Joy. Yep, we know joy, about it. Joy. It's been a we joy to be joy. with you. <laughs> You've got to get to your Olympic meeting. Olympic meeting. Anything else that you want to share with the people in our last little 45 seconds? I would say listen to this podcast. It's really good. JJ, um, I think you draw a lot of um, good things out of people uh, in these conversations. I had a lot of fun. Um, looking forward to uh, many more deep over dives karaoke. Yeah. across the table at a counter. Yeah, oh, over karaoke. I I love it. You're on. Everyone, <laughs> you've heard that now. It's it's, it's um, been announced. So uh, we've got witnesses. Um, See so us yes, at the, the local karaoke bar. <laughs> Thank you so much. This episode was not sponsored Thanks, by any JJ. kind of karaoke bar, but if anyone does, then they can. You have an amazing day, Sheila. <laughs> Bye. Thanks, JJ. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening and sharing your time with me this week. For this podcast to continue, I could really use your support. If you enjoyed the episode, please screenshot it and put it on your social media, send the episode to your friend or family. And if you can click subscribe to the episodes, they'll fall into your algorithm like your old friend JJ popping into your ear every week. I appreciate it so much. And as well as listening to this podcast, you can just keep on listening to your own wisdom by asking the questions, big and small, like, does it hurt when you do that? Don't do that.